This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 190 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. This is Reese Coffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. We also have our producer, Glenn, on the show with us today. Hi, guys. Hey. So we have a great show, as always. We have Scott Hassler. He's talking about the USDF Trainers Conference. And we have a good friend of both you and mine, Philip uh, Lauren Tisdale, who's going to talk to us about a really interesting exercise I think we're all going to go and try tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We haven't had a trainer tip in a couple of weeks, you know, because of all the Christmas and the holiday stuff. So, you know, we got to get back into training now, right? It's January. Us here in the coal, we need some good ideas to work on. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to, to her tip and looking forward to, to trying it out and riding it because it sounds really interesting. Us and here in the hot. It was really hot here. Not that I am complaining at all, but it was hot. It was in the 90s this week down here. So it was, it was a really hot week. Oh, yeah. Please keep complaining. Uh-huh. About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need some walk exercises for the horse. So sweat too much and the riders don't yes, work I too like this. hard. And our exercise from Lauren, you can do it in the walk. So. You know, I, I know what happened this week. It was in the 90s and, and you know, Reese was complaining before we started the show that she was really busy this week and didn't have time for anything. <laughs> you know, Palm Beach has a beach, Philip. I think she was at the beach all week. <laughs> well, didn't I see, see see some photo from like a salon or something? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did get it. We did get a pedicure. I'm not gonna lie. So uh, okay. It is a little so bit of fun. Yeah, we were Margarita, swamped. <laughs> the, the beef and pedicures. Let me tell you, you guys, listeners, I wish you could help me with the boys because they are no fun sometimes. But we did, uh, we did have a nice afternoon of, uh, well, it was after work of pedicures. And that is, is one of the fun things that you get to do down here that I don't always get to do at home. So I'm not going to lie. That was pretty good. But uh, it's been a great week down here. It's been really busy. Everyone's kind of getting ready for the Masters. And uh, we have our first horse show of the season tomorrow. Uh, there's pretty much a horse show every week here. Now, um, if you want to go to a horse show, you can find one uh, literally every weekend and they start during the week. So tomorrow's our first horse show. Um, Cassandra, who's been on the show before, is doing her first Young Adult Grand Prix and there's a CDI. So um, it should be a fun day tomorrow and uh, trying to think what showing, else. Are you, showing, are you showing anything or is it just Cassandra I, going I am over? not. Just Cassandra is, is going over and uh, I have to report I'm so proud of my baby horse. Uh, here in White Fences in the development where the barn is, there's about a three-mile loop around and my baby horse did it today. I was so with, proud of with, him. With you on him? I rode him the whole oh, okay. way. Okay, we could be proud of you. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, we're going to go great. on adventures. We went on adventures, so that was nothing dressagey, but d- definitely good for the for my young horse. He's never seen uh, palm trees or alligators or lagoons. Did you see or, any alligators? No, but yesterday we saw. I was on a different horse. Thankfully, I saw a snake, and I am terrified of snakes. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie; it's like my nemesis. So, uh, thank goodness my assistant Laura was with me, and she took that close side by the snake because I was freaking out. I was like, "Oh my god!" I would have galloped past it. I was so scared. I was but thinking it was about what, what happened to that big uh, alligator that Tammy Hogue was dealing. with. We oh, I have no snow. idea. I hope it got relocated. Yeah, I'm uh, for ask the, her. 
listeners that uh, listen this this uh, I think it was this fall when they had the hurricane. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So there, care. there's an alligator in the lagoon by our arena. So the horses are a little lucky by it, but I don't blame them. That's an alligator in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm looking too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's been great. Um, you know, here at the barn, Pan Good- Goodrich is here and Roz Kinsler. So we have lots of trainers here at the barn. There are about 30 horses that work every day here, uh, oh. which is, yeah, that's great. So it's that's already cool. exciting. Yeah, it is fun, you know, yeah, to, yeah. it's different than being at home and, being and, home and a little bit isolated. Yeah. 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 So you get hmm. to see different styles and different horses and different way people train and, and manage their barns. Uh, so that's exciting. And um, so it really is, people are now settled down here. So it's starting to be time that, that more social things are going on and more horse shows yeah. are going on. So well, you talked uh, a little bit about the masters that's coming up mm-hmm. next week. So everybody that can go and see it should be exciting. And uh, last week we talked a little bit about the riders. Maybe we can refresh who's gonna, who's going to be showing and and uh, what we think. And we have a, we have a little game we're playing. I can't wait. <laughs> I like games. I am not that I'm I'm not competitive at all. So <laughs> but, uh, uh, huh? well, of course, Stefan Peters is going to be riding his new up and coming kind of Grand Prix horse, Legolas, right? Yep. Uh, Adrian Lyle and Wizard. We talked to her. She's a friend of the show, of course. Yep. Um, who else? Tina Conyon will be showing uh, Collecto, um, Heather Blitz, and Paragon, James Coford, and Rhett. Who else do we got, Reese? Yeah. So James Coford actually just that horse, Rhett, is a Kentucky bred horse. Just saying. Uh, I know. Okay. And, a little bit of home um, love. I know. We have Tina Williamson, and who's riding Don Aurelio. And they're she's got a lot of great horses. I yeah, and she's a lovely rider. I, if anybody yeah. gets a chance to to see her ride online, she's a lovely, lovely rider. Just a really classical way. Um, Patrick Kittles. Who else? David Marcus. Edward Gall. From, Edward Gall. Oh, Edward yeah, Gall. David Marcus, of course. Another friend of the show. He was on during the yep. Olympic time. Um, Jackie Jack Brooks, Brooks. Another Canadian. Uh-huh. Here and Nicholas Fife. Oh. Isn't gonna and he competes for Australia and he's competing in his first with his first horse so uh, first time um, so okay here's the excitement here's the game that we came up here's with that's that really that not very creative but uh, <laughs> no it isn't but if anybody wants to write into us oh we can, yeah about, you can play along you can pick pick absolutely. a, pick a we can so what we're gonna do we'll, is gonna we'll post a message yeah. on Facebook post a that. message on Facebook and we forgot Lars Peterson who is always a wonderful wonderful oh, person yeah, so yeah. how do we I don't know, but Lars is riding as well, and he is always a super rider and great to see. So everybody's got to go on the on the uh, Facebook page, but so we're picking our favorites, and I am going to pick Stefan well, Peters. Maybe not our, our, our favorite. Well, yeah, that's a favorite, but like who we think is going to who we think it's going to win. Yeah, win a Grand Prix or the Grand Prix special or the it's just like going to the track. You got to put down the for track. win place yeah, or show. Win put place or show down. or Ooh. the exact. Now, we didn't talk about that in the show notes, but that is good. <laughs> win, place, or show. I like it. Okay, so I'm picking Stefan Peters and Legless to win. Ooh, uh, Tina from Sweden. She's number two for me. And, oh, 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 Edward Gall is number three for me. Now, who so is Edward s- riding? He is riding Interfloor next one. Right, so. Sorry. He, he didn't bring, uh, bring over Romanov, which is, I guess, right now his top horse, I would say. But uh, next one, that's a good horse. I mean, he's got a whole stable full of unbelievable awesome. horses. Yeah. Um, let's see. For me, I will pick Tina uh, Williamson, Sylvan, to, uh, to win with Don Aurelio. Um, 
I think David Marcus could have a really good ride for, you know, for second or third. Love Dave. And um, Paragon. I like Paragon as, as a show. You know, I, I really love that horse and I love that combination. Um, so, yeah, those, are, those would be my picks. Glenn, and your dressage expertise. Oh, yeah. This is good. I'll pick this, please. This, how about if I pick it the same way I do at the racetrack? I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll pick it by name. Names I like. And I actually do pretty well sometimes at the racetrack with that. So I <laughs> okay. think my favorite name of all the horses that I'll pick to win is Collecto. What a cool name Collecto is. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to cool. go with Collecto 5 for, for that. And then I think if I'm using names, I like the name Wizard. Uh, that's Adrian Lyle's uh, horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that one's trained by Debbie McDonald, who who I really like Debbie. So yeah. um, she's been on this show many, many times, and she's just lovely. So I'm going to go Collecto 5, Wizard. And then I think I'm going to have to go with Paragon. In, uh, I'm going to have to agree with, <laughs> agree with oh. Philip and go with Paragon, because there's three good names, Collecto, Wizard, and Paragon. The Paragon. And like he's it. a really big horse, and I really like big horses. You know, they're, yeah. they're just impressive. So, I, I, you know. You could almost make a band out of those three. You kind of could. I like it. All right. Like so, it. yeah. I mean, if anybody wants to write in and, and jump in on the conversation or, or tell us that we're totally wrong, that's fine, too. But, uh, yeah, jump in. We're excited. Maybe we'll have to do more of that uh, for, for the big shows. I think we should. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like this. Well, otherwise, in the news, what else? What else is going on? There's so, talk to us about what's going on with Team uh, Equine Canada. Excuse me. Equine Canada. That's our national organization. They've uh, yep. put together. They spent two years putting together a uh, a medium term. I guess a six year strategic plan, calling it One Vision. It's uh, you can find it on the internet. It's a big long document. Um, it, it sort of lays out our Canadian plan for success in future competitions. In uh, just in the equine um, activities, you know, I, I think it's you know I, I scanned it over. I didn't read the whole thing yet, but it looks like a, a great plan. I spent a lot of time on it, put it together, um, you know. And they just they just uh, Canada is one of several nations that had to kind of conduct a top to bottom review of horses, horse sport activities in Canada after, you know, um, you know, in some aspects a disappointing Olympic Games. I think. America's going through a similar thing. I mean, um, you know, as far as dressage goes, anyways, uh, to, to see, you know, kind of look at what happened, how to improve, how to, you know, keep things uh, going in the right way. So, uh, you know, that was a, that's an Equine Canada thing. Maybe we can get somebody from Equine Canada to come and talk about it because I think it's really interesting and uh, a great thing that they, they've come together and done that. Yeah. No, I th- I'm looking forward to hearing more about it because I think a lot of, like you said, a lot of countries are doing that right now after London and figuring out their new programs. So that is, uh, we wish them well. We wish your country well. We always like your riders coming here. So, uh, and I'm friends with a lot of the riders. So wish them all well. And um, so in some other news, Las Vegas expressed interest in hosting the 2015 World Cup Finals in Dressage and Jumping. Um, and they're looking for approval right now and I hope they get it because let me tell you that was so, I went to one and they, it was so fun. We had the yeah, best. Yeah, I went to one too. We probably didn't go to the same one, but we separately, I guess we've been to, I went to, I went to one and it was so yeah. much fun. I mean, they, yeah. they really know how to put on a great show yep. in Las Vegas and, and they had, they had put forward originally to host it there in 2015, but the bid was won by uh, Guadalajara. But it looks like they haven't been able to keep their plan on track 
So uh, I guess the FEI is now looking to to host it somewhere else, and uh, Las Vegas looks like a good a good chance, and uh, and that would be really really fun. Again, bringing over European riders to America, so that you know people don't have to go over there, you know, go over to Europe to see the big names and the big shows and and all the spectacular horses that come that come over from from Europe. So that's great. And let's face it, I think all the riders really love riding in Vegas. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, I, I hear that they have a good time too. I mean, I have a great time, and, and yeah. You know, and them coming. I was on, just going to sure. say it's good for spectators too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I, think I don't think you can time. have a bad time in Las Vegas. It's always <laughs> I hope not. Something to do. Well, you and, can. Uh, you can. Yeah. Do, you yes, know. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, well, if you spend a little too much time horses. at the at the tables, yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. maybe. But, uh, exactly. I'm not all about. I that. see a lot of depressed people at the airport leaving <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, but all the shows are great, and all the you know all the glitz and glamour. I don't know. I like to go gamble with Travis and just watch him because then when he wins i take the money it's That's great what jennifer just, does too it's wonderful i yeah. love it he's good at it so it's fun and you get free drinks when you're there it's great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, other big news too this other, week oh was the, you know i'm excited was the fei announcement about uh about rolex being dropped um ah, it, that's it, that was not what i was looking for what yeah. I know, but about Rolex uh, or them taking on Long Jeans or however you say it, the other watch, the other Swiss watch company, right. and uh, it and the deal was a hundred and thirty-three million dollars over ten years. It's a lot of money. Which brings to the that. question: When's the last time you guys bought a watch of any kind? Um, I have to do, probably because I don't buy a Rolex or a fancy one is uh, <laughs> like every six months. Do you still wear oh, really? them? You still wear I, a watch? Yeah, I wear a watch. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because do if I don't, I don't. I, I don't have either. a nice watch. I have my phone. I don't. <laughs> well, when I'm riding, really, Philip, I I don't always have my cell phone on on me. Um, oh, I don't. I don't ride with my phone, but um, I just use the clock. And you know, I, I've gotten to the the point where I can kind of like uh, if I'm riding along, I can kind of guess an hour or about forty five minutes. Yeah. Really. So no. I don't, yeah, I don't watch. I, I don't, used to wear a watch. I don't, I don't know. Time. And, and uh, you know, and for, as far as the lessons go, I mean, you know, I, I kind of have the mantra that a lesson takes as long as it takes. And sometimes it's, you know, we have a great lesson is a little bit short, and sometimes it goes a little bit long. And and the bad part is that I is I it ends up backing up my whole day, in which I have to, you know, I'm a yeah. little bit late to the next lesson, the next lesson. But I think, you know, with a lot with horses especially, it just takes as long as it takes. So. Yeah, I'm not a real. You know, I don't disagree with time, you. Timer, timer thing, and uh, yeah, I don't don't wear a watch, but it's great to have a new, a huge, money sponsor, sponsor behind the FEI. I think that's well, that's Reese, the cool. uh, show right down the road from you that's been known as Rolex forever, the three day event, uh, yeah, only yeah. four star in the United States actually, it's and uh, the Kentucky Horse Park will be still Rolex this year, but they're <laughs> not sure what's going to happen next year, and and I'm really upset about it because who can even say the name? I don't know. It, it's spelled funny, and it's like Longines or something like that. Um, it's so much easier to say Rolex, and and it, really, that show, show <laughs> yeah. has been known as Rolex since 1981. For, yes, since you don't I was even born. say Kentucky Three Day Event. Everybody just says Rolex, and you know exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a very fun shopping experience, ladies. I'm just all I gotta say. It's Do you know who owns Long Jeans? I have no idea. You guys are going to love oh. this, and I guarantee oh. you that Reese owned one of these, or Philip did. A Swatch owns one. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, have owned, I have owned a Swatch. <laughs> I have owned a Swatch. Yeah, really? Yeah. Swatch, Swatch. Huh. How many Swatches did they sell that they can afford to put up $133 million in sponsorships? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Huh. 
So, so this is why this is good to have Glenn on the show because he I tells know. us. See, he knows you know, all we this only stuff. pay attention to our little, <laughs> I little was world. Only, I was going to talk about for us. my favorite writer ever, Charlotte. She yeah, well, is oh, riding a new horse. Uh-huh. She is riding her her boss's Carl Hester's team horse, the gold medal winning horse Utopia, at the national high profile dressage show in. Addington, Great Britain, on the 19th through 21st of January. Ha! Oh, can't wait to see how she does. Love her. So we'll <laughs> see how she does. Love her. She's awesome. So We know, Reese. We know. Yeah, everybody knows. I What's love her. What's not Charlotte. to like, though? What's not to like? Exactly. So, yeah, that's really, that's kind of an interesting development. Yeah, because, that's what like, I thought, that they're going to change riders. Because Carl Hester is actually, um, he has a major stake in the in the horse. So he's owner of the horse. Um, so I think they have some issues with the horse being sold, but, um, hopefully it will, it will, it will get all worked out and Charlotte's going to ride him and I can't wait to see how that goes. She's going to ride him, I guess this weekend. So we'll, we should be able to talk about it next weekend. We can so. talk about it next week. That's great. Uh, I know. So. That was, uh, that's a lot of news for today. Let's, I know. Uh, Who knew? You know, so, so um, I guess we're going to have a commercial from Equestrian Collections and then we're going to talk to Scott Hassler. Hi, Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and I am with Debbie from the Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. Hi, Glenn. Um, this week, I want to feature the Winter Cozy Helmet Cover. Everybody out there probably already has a fleece helmet cover, but they don't have one like this. This is just the cutest thing. They've taken the, the basic design, the Lycra part goes over the helmet. Um, a lot of the fleece covers used to be fleece all the way around. This is much easier to get on your helmet. It's a lycra, like most of the helmet covers, you know, regular helmet covers. And then it's got the fleece that comes around and Velcros around your chin. You can also pull it up if you want to a little bit. But the difference is that they have colors. Instead of always being black, these come in a whole bunch of fun colors, and the kids love them. At the barns, they're just, for thirteen ninety five. they are just a really fun thing, and the kids like to wear them in the winter, and it will get them out to ride a little bit more if they're not so cold. So um, I have one, <laughs> so I thought maybe your listeners might enjoy these as well. So it combines, really combines a helmet cover with a scarf. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Only better because it, it, it uh, Velcros so it doesn't flap around or anything. Really easy to get on and off. Um, I actually got one for my trainer for a, a, pre- a Christmas present because he keeps wanting me to build an indoor. And I can't do that. <laughs> so I got him one of these and I said, here's your indoor. <laughs> <laughs> here's your thirteen ninety five indoor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> these are thirteen ninety five. They're called the Winter Cozy Helmet Covers from Equestrian Collections. Just go to Equestrian EquestrianCollections.com and do a search for Winter Cozy and you'll find them. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Well, we are. It's our pleasure as always. And we are looking forward down here to the USDF Trainers Conference that you are giving here next week. Can you tell us a little bit about the conference? Uh, Sure. I mean, first, I want to credit USDF because... um, to you know, to to have the expenses paid by two instructors versus one. So myself and Stefan is obviously, you know, more out of their pocket. But I think, in the end, when you have two people and you can feed off each other and you can you can say something maybe a little bit differently or just have another voice and an opinion, um, 
I think, first of all, that's really, really nice of USDF to provide that for everybody. Um, you know, the second thing that stands out to me is that anytime we have the opportunity to have a a talented, proven audience, you know, with I don't know how many people are going to sign up, but a large group of trainers together like they do this every year, but that's an opportunity to really take the level of discussion to a much higher level than a normal clinic where you have auditors. And, you know, that when the, when they approach me or, or ask me about different ideas for the trainers conference, you know, I said, you know, when you have that type of group together, uh, take advantage of that. So what we've tried to do is to take horses, which, first of all, they're all, I mean, quite nice horses, but they all have things you can, you can I think, improve. And, and those riders have been asked, you know, be open, that we can really talk about what has been difficult with these horses, how they've worked through it to this point, and what is still a little bit difficult for the horse. And then Stefan's going to ride every horse and work through it a little bit and, and give the feedback. And, and uh, I think that back and forth is going to be very, very educational. So, And the horses we've chosen so far, uh, we, it was, to be very honest, very overwhelming. We had sixty about 60 horses apply. And we've chosen 10 right now. And, and we've changed it a little bit from our original intention, which was, you know, we said, well, anything from like four until whatever, 12 years old. And actually, with the list of horses we had and, and the people who applied, we really changed it now to where we said, you know, the real main age to help these horses, and we could start younger, but we've started with five. We've gone now five to nine-year-olds only. And they're doing anything from, like, starting a flying change all the way through Grand Prix. So I, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Scott, can you tell us a little bit about why you think that you and Stefan work together so well and, and work off each other really well? You know, from from my point of view, I think there's quite a quite a few factors. I mean, one, we're friends just in real life, uh, beyond horse life, we're friends. Uh, number two, I think that our our style in terms of being positive but yet real, and being open and no ego, and I think our system is a little bit the same in terms of we want horses, you know, responsive, light. Uh, through and really working on basics, not not tricks. I think that's why it it maybe fits so well together. Um, but it's just easy. I mean, he and I approached each other. I mean, I excuse me, I approached him about this concept like over a year ago, and he said, "No, it'd be fun. We always have a good time together, and it's always easy." So um, it's just natural. It just fits. It's not something we have to try to do. It's just something that happens. So I think that's hopefully what will come across next week. But it. Up until now, the times we've been together, it's just been very, very easy and fun. Well, and Philip and I can can second that. We were able, it was a pleasure last year at Trainers Conference that we, uh, at Hassler, that we saw you both together. And it really, it's an amazing format and it works extremely well uh, from the auditor's perspective. But also, um, Scott, one of the things you do such a great job is really encouraging discussions. And yeah. um, I think that that, is that going to happen at this symposium as well? Yeah, I mean, thanks for putting it that way, Reese. Yes, it's it's to not get it confusing. I think what's going to be very helpful for for the trainers who may be listening to this is that Stefan will come across as the rider trainer, what it feels like up there, how he worked through it, why he chose that, why he did what he did, that kind of feedback and dialogue as he's riding, and then afterwards the discussions. Mine will be like you just said, Reese. Mine will be really trying to feel how to get everybody involved with it and to get it. If I see something that really stands out, I'm going to bring it out and say, 
Now, so, but did you guys see what what happened over there, or, or you know, a couple minutes ago when he was working through that? Did you see what happened? And and Stephen, talk about what you were feeling there. I mean, that kind of dialogue back and forth. And so, he'll act more or less as the rider trainer and and the feeling of the horse up there. Mine will be trying to get people really engaged discussions, bring out major points, um, stuff like that. Now, this is kind of a, a once in the in a year kind of thing. But is there other things that trainers? You know, or maybe up-and-coming trainers uh, should be doing, or you know, should be attending to uh, to help raise the level of training in the U.S. and and North America in general. I mean, nothing specific comes to mind, Philip. But it's a great question. I think in the end, when we really dig deep, um, of course, there's information to be gained from from normal clinics and auditing something and seeing something improve a little bit like a shoulder in or how somebody approached working through whatever it might be the the setup for the flying change or, or whatever. But I think when you can really talk about the depth of training and work through, I don't want to say issues because that's such a strong word, but I'd rather use weaknesses and really work through a weakness or an insecurity of a horse and, and, and really make it better and have time to really talk about it. And you need a degree of experience from the people you're talking to that it makes sense. And I think we need more of that type of education in this country. And, you know, something, for example, that Jeremy Steinberg and I have talked about together is because we both are, are more on the national bracket for, for being national coaches. Debbie was is, is now more the high performance. So Jeremy and I being the national coaches, him for young riders and mine for, for young horses, is that we'd like to see a a program maybe in the future um, set up to where, to go directly back to your question now, Philip, to where let's say the top three juniors and the top three young riders and the top three pony riders that win the championships in Jeremy's bracket, they get the opportunity to go and base at high-level trainers for like a month or something and really take it in the training and watch progression happening. And I think we need much more of that. Um, you guys have both you know been to Europe and and all that. And I think that's one thing that because of geography, they're all closer together there. And there is a lot more opportunity to see horses just because there's so many more depth of horses at one place being developed. You really can take that in. And here we just don't have enough depth of horses in a lot of locations, but we do have some trainers. Um, I'm not a name thrower, so I'm not going to bring it out, but I can think of easily five people that do have a very nice group of horses and, and a lot happening at their farm and their business to where we could put some of these uh, uh, juniors, young riders, pony riders, these future riders of ours, and base them there. And, and those trainers would also have the right ego and work ethic to really take those kids in and, and take advantage of that opportunity where they really give them um, a depth of knowledge. So I think we need a lot more opportunities like that. Well, what, I, what I like about you, Scott, is you talk a lot about you know trainers working together, and I think that's maybe a little bit more of a – European concept because maybe the geography and, and the horses and and uh, just trainers talking, getting together talking, discussing different issues and, and learning from each other and, and like you said, putting the ego to, to one side. So I think that's something yeah. to encourage more learning across the board and uh, and for young riders and, and, and everything to have a spirit of togetherness because that's how the country overall improves, I think, anyways. Yeah, to- totally. And I just to add one more thing to that too, Philip, is that I also want to credit Devin McDonald because she's our acting developing coach, developing rider coach. And 
her concept was to do training camps, and that's where you bring everybody that got selected, you know, to one spot for a while, and you all train and get to know each other more and do other activities other than just riding horses. And I think that's a that's another great way to get things together. So that training camp idea is is a fantastic idea, and I want to credit Debbie for that one. It didn't get pulled off last year, but I bet it's going to be happening in the future, and that's something that she's, you know, that was a really really good thing, and I know she's very very outspoken about trainers working together too so great well thank you so much scott for coming on and talking about the uh the trainer symposium now how do people where do they find information about it and how to get to it and uh and all of that uh i wish i knew more but as far as i know it is on the usdf website and i know that kathy robertson from usdf is the person who heads up the whole program so that's where the questions could go to yeah kathy Perfect. robertson at, at uh, usdf great well thanks so much scott looking forward to it thanks guys all right bye i am actually going to be at the trainers conference on monday and tuesday so i look forward to sharing what i learn um well, that's perfect you're going to tell us all about what what happened yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So next week's a busy week for me because uh, we have the trainers conference and then I'm going to a USDF FEI trainers conference on Wednesday. So should be a busy week next week. So on Thursday, I'll have lots to talk about. Um, and after a break from Kentucky Performance Products, we have Lauren Tisdale and she's going to talk about a new fun exercise that we can all work on tomorrow. Hi, Glenn the Geek here. Choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. This week, I want to speak with you about Elevate Maintenance Powder. Horses consuming limited grass due to a busy competition schedule or because of diet restrictions may not be getting enough natural vitamin E. Horses in rigorous training, seniors, broodmares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E to meet their needs. When you need a supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Affordable, effective, and research-proven, Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant, protecting your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports the strong immune system and healthy muscle function necessary for top performance. It's affordable and easy to feed, and you can learn more about this and all their products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. I'm very happy to introduce Lauren Ball Tisdale. She is an FEI trainer and rider from the Cleveland, Ohio area, and she's got a great tip for us today. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on this evening. Well, thank you for asking me. Well, we are so happy to have you, and we are looking forward to your trainer tip of the week. So can you start us off? Sure. Um, Hopefully it will make sense you know, if we can all visualize it, it's uh, a simple concept, but the best way I describe it when I'm teaching it to someone, I call it the wagon wheel. So if you can imagine a large wheel with all of the spokes reaching out to the end of the, the circle or the wheel. And I like this exercise for both young horses all the way, you know, to the upper level horses, to the FEI dressage horses, but it's also proven to be quite useful for some of my students that are um, counter-jumper riders. It's a great suppling exercise, but also a great exercise for a horse that tends to be a little strong in the hand or a little dull to the leg or one-sided. So um, you can do it in the trot or for a more advanced horse. I like to do it in the canter. But to start off, to explain it, 
we would start off in the trot, let's say going to the left. And I like to pick a spot on the circle, preferably on the center line, so the open side of the circle where the horse doesn't feel claustrophobic or against the wall. And I'd go from sitting trot to the halt. I'd be perpendicular to the wall or the long side of the arena. And I simply ask the horse to step away from my outside leg. But the goal is, is to make the horse be as lateral as possible. So I really want to get the feeling that the horse steps away from my outside leg or my right leg, but also is accepting of the contact in both reins. So I don't want him to come above the bit or walk too far forward. The one thing that you have to be careful of is that the horse doesn't um, avoid the contact and step backwards. So I always tell my students that if your horse steps a little to the left and forward, that's okay. I'd much rather have that, but not that they step backwards. So I look to step in maybe three or four or more strides with a more advanced horse, and then I halt again. And then I switch my lateral leg, and so now I ask the horse to step away from my inside leg in what would be a quarter turn on the forehand. So now I'm facing the wall, but let's say the short side of the wall. So I've done 45-degree turn, and then I ask the horse up from that same leg, or rather 90-degree turn, and then I ask the horse to step from that same leg back out to the circle. So you can think of it like a wagon wheel or the hands on the clock. So I ask the horse to step to the center of the clock and then back out to, like, let's say 9 o'clock. Um, and it's the same thing. When I do the quarter turn on the forehand, I want to feel that the horse willingly steps away from my new inside aid towards my new outside rein and doesn't get against me in the contact and also doesn't avoid by stepping backwards. And I continue to push the horse back out to the 20-meter circle. And then as soon as I hit the, the circle or the wall, I pick them back up into the trot. And it, see, it sounds complicated, and I think the first few times you ride it with the horse, it can feel a little dizzying. And it's great to have someone on the ground helping you to help remember what direction you need to be going. But you can vary it by doing just a quarter turn on the forehand or a half turn on the forehand or full turn on the forehand. You can keep the direction the same or change the direction. And now, like I said earlier, for a more advanced horse, I would do this in a canter and go from canter to a halt transition or a walk halt in the same spot and maybe alternate doing a quarter turn or a half turn on the forehand. And I really have found that with any level of horse, as long as I'm fair in what I'm asking them to do with this exercise, it really helps get them a little bit fresher off the leg or a little softer in the contact and really just more even left and right in the bridle. Huh, this is interesting. I'm really, you know, thinking about it now. Um, a question the bend of the horse in each of these steps, you know, how, which way, you know, the bend, um, I guess, away from the direction of travel, like a leg yield, right? And how yeah, much bend? I, yeah. I, well, again, I think that that's really important to the age and the level of the horse that you're riding. So when I first did this exercise, I was riding a young mare who was extremely strong in the bridle. Um, 
like the canner was an issue. She was good in the trot, but she would get very strong in the in the canner. So with her, because of her tendency to be strong in the bridle, I would ask for a little bit more bend, like you said, Philip, away from the direction of travel. So thinking like a leg yield or yeah. even like kind of like a side path. So it's really lateral, step by step sideways. Right. right. Um, and that really helped her not only with the lateral balance, but her issue with the longitudinal connection. Um, so maybe with a more advanced horse, you could just have flexion rather than bend. But I think with a young horse, or one that's particularly one-sided, like I have a lot of the jumper horses that are that way, yeah. I ask for a little bit more bend. And really being conscientious of the control of the shoulders and the haunches. So it's a great exercise for the rider, too, because it really makes you stay in the center. And the, I, de- I developed the idea of that concept of inside leg to outside brain. So, Lauren, when you talk about getting the horse off the leg, can you expand a little bit more on that for our listeners? What are you talking about with the reaction for the leg? What are you looking for? Well, I think that um, a lot of us have horses that, are dull to the leg or lazy. Like uh, I have one student whose horse is, he's a really good boy, but he's extremely lazy and he does the bare minimum to, to get through the lesson. So we're always working on finding different ways to keep him fresh off the leg. And when she applies her leg for a simple transition, like from trot to canter, that he's a little bit more sensitive to her leg and he's more prompt. And we did this exercise with him not that long ago, and I wasn't quite sure if it would help us because I thought it might make him more dull, you know, kind of doing it through the walk and the slow turns. But what it did for the rider was it made her just a little quicker in, in her own pushing aid or her own lateral aid in that she could really feel how slow the horse responded to her leg when she closed against his side. So... She kind of changed how she applied her, her leg in the lateral sense. In hand-in-hand, hand it worked in the forward. She didn't sit there with her leg clamped against his side because he really didn't go anywhere. Instead, she gave him a little bump or a little stronger push, and she relieved a little tap with her whip. And really, in about two times of doing the side steps and the turns, the horse was a little fresher off the leg. I think it was a slightly different way to work with a lazy horse instead of just going around and around and doing transitions and kicking him and trying to make him wake up. It made him think on his feet, too. Yeah, that's that's interesting, a different way to approach getting the horse not only a little bit away from the leg, but a little bit, uh, a little bit quicker going forward off the leg. Now, do you think, are there any more pitfalls that maybe our listeners can... Uh, can expect and and look to correct that could happen with this exercise? Of course. I think that it's like with many exercises, but particularly with this one where I think it's a little more demanding of attention and the horse being in balance and using himself, you have to know when to take a break from it or when to kind of stick it out. You'll have a horse that will just first time be quite offended that you'd ask him to move this way, uh, especially a stiff <laughs> horse or like the mare I spoke of earlier. She was thought, why in the world would I need to do this? So 
you have to, that's it's great to have someone on the ground helping you, but be a good judge of, is the horse reacting? Is, is she backing up because she doesn't understand or is she evading the contact? And I always love to think when I go out of the turn and after my sidesteps, I think refresh. I refresh the trot or I refresh the canter. And as a rider doing it, I really gauge, you know, if my horse feels better after doing it a few times, I go past that point where I've been making the transition or I go on to something else and I might, uh, you know, come back to it later. So really being a good really having a good sense of if your horse is confused or if you're actually working through a little bit of the problem. If, if you know, maybe he's objecting because you're getting to the core of the issue, but if he really doesn't understand, sometimes it's okay to do it a few times and explain it to them um, because it is something that I think is very focused and in, in that you're asking to be more in one spot. Um, but I think the biggest thing to be careful of is that they don't get backwards. They don't go flying backwards or they don't start stepping backwards because that's not what you're looking to, to work on. So keeping everything thinking forward, 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 forward is really key. And Lauren, can, can you, I love the, how you said, I like to refresh the trot or refresh the canner. Can you talk to us a little bit about what does, you, you talked a little bit about, can you elaborate more on what refresh means? I loved how you use that word. Um, I think it's a, a state of mind, at least for me as the rider. And if I'm on a lazy horse, I want to, as soon as I hit the wall, it's like when you're getting on the freeway and you're you're behind somebody's flow on the entrance ramp and you get out from underneath you're out behind them and you go. So if I'm on the lazy horse, I think as soon as I get back out onto the to the wheel or the circle, I wanna think forward from my driving aids and and really make a point to say, Here's my leg, now go and but go on your own. Or if I have a horse that's really strong and uh maybe a little headstrong in their mind I want to think, refresh, make it a happy canner, um, that they feel that they can go forward, but they have to listen to my half halt. So I really take into play what type of horse I'm on and how that horse thinks and try to make it the positive for that horse. For a lazy horse, I think really happy, let's go, let's go. And for a horse that's maybe a little temperamental or strong, I want to make it the underlying the idea of go forward, but you listen to my half halt. And in this, they teach them to go forward doesn't mean to just run through the hand or run away from the eights. And what do you think about a horse that's maybe a little bit sensitive or nervous, one that really maybe moves off a little bit too much, uh, too much from the leg? You know what I mean? The horse that really you know, doesn't yeah. take the, the leg really well. Is there some is there some tips? Because I think this could be a useful exercise if if you think about it correctly and not let them get more sure. nervous. So do you want you want to talk about I mean because we deal we all deal with all kinds of different horses. I think this is, you know, the more I think about it, this is a really interesting exercise for all types. Um so maybe if you could talk about that that type of horse a little bit. Yeah, I've and I've done this with Every it's it's been fun because I've done it with almost every type of horse that I've had in training, and um, the sensitive horse I think definitely benefits from this as well. But I modify it a little bit. So 
I might ask for maybe two steps away from my leg. And then if, if a horse does the idea of the quarter turn on the forehand, and then two steps out. So I might not make it completely into the center of my circle and back out to my original circle, but I modify it that way so that I still address the idea of accepting the leg, like with a thoroughbred that's really, really sensitive, that he understands to make the downward transition. Okay, listen to my my slowing aids, my half halt. Now let's do a little bit of the sideways, and then let's go forward again. And, and like I said earlier, I wouldn't, with a horse that maybe this gets a little too intense for them, or the sensitive horse, I would go away from it. I'd go around the full arena and maybe ride the next long side with a few 10-meter circles and then come back to it. Um, but I think all in all with a horse that's quite sensitive, we still have to get to the point where they accept the contact of our leg and understand that when we put our leg on, it doesn't always need to mean that they have to run from it. So I think it can be good for a horse that's a little jumpy or a little hot to just learn to relax about the rider's age, but you have to modify it. And Lauren, you talked about young horses. When would you start this exercise with them? Um, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I had a few young horses last year. Um, one was a coming four-year-old that I started that I wouldn't have done this with because he would have quickly backed out. We worked so much on forward, happy, keeping everything big. And I think for me at that point in time when I had him, um, he would have reverted to going backward. So I chose some other things to teach him about the lateral work that really I didn't need so much to uh, teach him about coming back. He came back very well. But I wanted to really keep the idea of going forward with him. And uh, I had another young horse that, that was the opposite problem. He was, or not a problem, but the opposite issue where he was a little too bold with the forward and would do a downward transition but quickly wanted to go back into the trot or the canter. So he didn't have much patience. So I worked with this exercise here and there with this horse, and he, he responded very well to it. So I think in general with a young horse, you have to make sure that you can easily walk and trot and canter, and that you've introduced the lateral work in some way already. Because if you're looking to do that turn on the forehand, that, you know, that takes a little bit more um, thoughtfulness to the horse of where they need to put their feet. And again, you can modify it. You can just turn the horse and push them back out. But if I were doing it with a young horse, let's say a four-year-old, I might really say it's okay to go more forward in the sideways steps. You don't have to focus so much on sideways, sideways, sideways. So it really depends on how you feel your young horse is doing, but if you feel confident with your transitions and he has a good understanding of the basic leg yield, it might be fun to experiment with. Well, Lauren, these were great tips. Thank you so much for your time. And um, how do we find you on the internet? Uh, you can visit my website, which is transitionsdressage.com, and there you will find all of my contact information and also a much-needed update <laughs> for my website 
but uh, it'll give you an idea of what I offer and a little bit about my background and some of my students and occasionally some horses for sale too. Great. Well, thanks so much, Lauren, and we wish you well in the coming year. Thank you so much, Reese and Philip. Well, that was a really exciting show, Philip. Yeah, really good. I mean, like I said, I was looking forward to the trainer tip, which we haven't had in a while. And, uh, and Scott's interview, I mean, he's great. And uh, so you must be really looking forward to, to seeing him at the, at the conference there. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, that's Monday and Tuesday, so uh, I can't wait. And I'm going to get up early, which uh, people know that I am not a morning person. I'm going to ride my horses and then get over to the conference at 8.30. So uh, looking forward to it. All right. Well, you're, you're going to be busy. We better wrap up this show and uh, <laughs> get on with your day. Yeah. Well, you guys can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors once again, Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Can I plug one? Can I plug one? Yeah. The Stable Scoop <laughs> show this week, the Stable oh. Scoop radio show this week, Helena and I had some farriers on, and it was a lot of fun. We had a guy by the name of Dean Moshier, and he's a farrier based in Ohio, and he gave us the top 10 things your farrier wants you to know. Uh, uh, which was ooh, a very I, interesting I list. <laughs> now, I'm sure we could all put together a top 10 list of things we want our farrier to know, like show up um, uh, no, on your appointment in time, but uh, answer your phone and call me back. Maybe those would be the top two. <laughs> but uh, he had some interesting things to say and uh, things that you, you went, wow, people do that? So, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, I can't wait to hear. That's awesome. I love it. That's over at the Stable Scoop Show at stablescoop.com. Great. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. Don't forget to send us some emails and let us know on Facebook what you think about the Masters. And we look forward to talking with you next week.